Welcome to That Smart Hustle, a podcast for women who are ready to step out of society's expectations, discover their sole purpose, and work their light. I'm your host, Kristen Martin, a full-time author and creative entrepreneur. My mission is to impact as many women as possible to go after the very things that set their souls on fire. If you're ready to stop playing small in a world that is desperate for you to play big, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to That Smart Hustle podcast and welcome to episode 94. On the show today, I am so excited and honored to bring you this conversation with very special guest, Naya Kete. What a beautiful name, right? Naya is the lead singer of the pop reggae band Say Real and was a top 24 finalist on NBC's The Voice. Say Real has been featured in numerous publications such as Entertainment Weekly, Us Weekly, and Rolling Stone, has toured festivals all over, and has been recognized time and time again for creating a social impact with their music. This conversation with Naya is one of the most uplifting and soul-centered interactions I've ever had the pleasure of having. There is something so captivating about her presence as she radiates a level of authenticity, purpose, and creative fire that is rare to come across. Not only does she share her journey in navigating the unpredictable waters of the music industry, she also shares her journey to her higher self, connecting with the divine, and using her intuition as her ultimate guiding light. If you've been looking for some soul food, literally, this conversation is it. Without further ado, I give you Naya Kete. Okay, so can you give us some background on how you got started in the music industry and what it was like for you first starting out? Absolutely. So I was very lucky. I grew up in a musical household, and I always joke that I never had a choice in the matter when it comes to music. There's a picture of me when I was, I don't think I was even walking yet. I mean, I was probably less than a year old with a microphone in my hand. (laughs) And And so it was just like, it, there was no, there was no doubt about it. And my mom and my dad met through music. They studied West African drum and dance together. They played jazz together. They wrote songs together. Um, and then they actually split when I was really young, but my stepfather is from Senegal, West Africa, and he started a band, uh, called Black Rebels that is now called Rebel, but he brought the band over here to Western Massachusetts, where I'm from. He met my mom. They fell in love. They got together. She joined the group. His brother was in the band as well. And then eventually, actually, my dad joined the band too. And so my dad and my mom and my stepdad were all in the band, which was really fun for my brother and I even though it was kind of dramatic at times, the music always healed. Right. Yep. (laughs) And, um, and then my brother joined the group actually when he was only nine years old as the full-time drummer. And then I joined the band when I was 13 and I was in the band through, you know, from that time up until, uh, middle of high school towards the end of high school. And then when I was 17, I, 
really started taking my own music seriously and recorded an album or an EP rather. So Mm -hmm. an album is like a full length, you know, 10 songs or more record, whereas an EP is usually three to five songs. And so I recorded an EP at a nonprofit dedicated to women in music. And there it's run by uh, these beautiful women who are partners, June Millington and Ann Hackler. And they flew out their nephew, who is my now boyfriend of 11 years. They flew him oh out God. from California to Western Massachusetts to engineer, co-produce, play on my album. And my brother played on the album and a bunch of family members played on the album. And he basically flew out to Massachusetts and we've been together ever since pursuing music. The three of us, meaning myself, my boyfriend and my brother all moved to Los Angeles now nine years ago. And we've been playing music together in different formations ever since. And for the longest time we played under my own name, Naya Kete. Mm -hmm. But in the last few years, we really decided that we needed to be a band. I had, it had been on my mind for a long time because like I said, I grew up in music. I grew up in a family band. And so it never felt quite right just performing under my name. But what kind of sent it over the edge for us was that I was um, writing songs with some of Randy Jackson's producers, you know? Who oh, was, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that's um, like, wow. Randy Jackson. And um, he ended up, so because of that, he ended up at one of my shows. And after the show, he came up to me and it was so funny. He was like, Naya, you know, you're great and everything, but this is not about you. He was like, he was like, what you're doing is bigger than you. You guys are inspiring a movement. And actually what he said really resonated. And I shared that with the guys afterwards. And I was like, I think it's time. I think we have to, we really, this has to be about all of us. It has to be bigger than us. We were on a mission with our music to really create a, you know, a positive movement of cultural change and evolution. And so we started Say Real and have been writing co-producing and releasing independent music over the last three years. And we actually just released an album this past September called heavy on the down. So it's streaming everywhere. You can check it out. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. I love what you just said about creating a movement because I think that's such a key nowadays when it comes to having a creative business or wanting to launch a creative business. I feel like in the past businesses were so, I don't know, like heavily focused on marketing and just trying to sell something, you know, sell some kind of product or service. And so I love that you just said creating a movement, you know, around your music, around your creative business, because that is so important. And I mean, what do you think would, what would you say is the key to creating a movement around a creative business, especially in this day and age with social media and technology and all of that? (laughs) Mm, That's such a good question. Oh my gosh. And I feel like it has a couple of different answers, but I'm going to go with the one that speaks to me in this moment. And I would say the key to creating a movement is first really checking in. I mean, I do this with everything in life, but it's about checking in with your highest self, listening to your intuition and asking her, Mm -hmm. how can I be of service in the world? How can I 
evolve? How can I um, be loving, right? How can I express that? Asking your intuition, asking your higher self those kinds of big questions is going to lead you to some pretty deep answers that you can then figure out how to package, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's how it starts for me. That's always been the key is listening to my intuition. I, oh my gosh, I love, just absolutely love that you said that. I just recorded a podcast episode talking about kind of like going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but um, just about how some, I feel like there's such a misconception around spirituality in general. And, you know, I talk about things like, you know, communing with my higher self or my highest self, if you will, and using like really, really tapping into the divine feminine and just really learning about your intuition. Like I'm a much more, or I grew up in a more masculine driven household, I guess you could say. And I like completely just shut out the divine feminine. And so I've just been getting familiar or re-familiarizing myself with this part of me that I honestly didn't even know existed or had ignored for so many years. So I just, I love that you, that you said that and kind of opened up that doorway because I am like, I love talking about that. That's like all I, all I want to talk about to be totally honest. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you shared that because you know, that was, I mean, I, I stumped, I literally, I think I said in my first email, I stumbled onto your podcast and quite literally I did. It was like, you know, one of those things that just was suggested to me from my, from listening to podcasts, you know, in my little app. And I was like, Oh, this curl seems nice. I should check her out. And I was so Um, just what struck me about listening to you and, you know, then obviously stalking you online and all of that (laughs) good stuff was how beautifully you balanced what I call like the woo and the do, right? Like how beautifully you balance the masculine and feminine energy and, you know, pursue listening to and tapping into the divine feminine force and like universe juice that we exist in, but Mm -hmm. also being really practical in how you share advice and like, you know, um, how to incorporate those ideals into, into your everyday living is so important to getting it anchored into and being really, really applicable to your audience. And that's what, you know, it's one of the reasons I was attracted to your podcast and why I wanted to reach out. Oh my gosh. Thank you. So I'm like blushing over here. (laughs) Thank you so much for saying that. It's, it's definitely been an interesting, um, you know, just like an interesting journey with that. And I still feel sometimes like I'm, I don't know, walking on eggshells a little bit with my, my spirituality and talking about these things. So it's funny how, it's just funny how talking about it or putting things into words can be so, I don't know. It's just, it's different sometimes because I never know, like I kind of stopped caring how the things I say are going to be received because I'm just like, this is, you know, I'm, I want to be unapologetic and like, this is me and this is what I think. And this is how I feel. And these are the things that are working for me. And I think it's such a, a disservice to not share you know, your journey and your experience, especially if things are like, if you're communing with your highest self and you're really connecting and you feel the most alive that you felt in your whole life. Cause for me, like the past two years, that's how I felt. And it's all because I've taken this, this spiritual journey and kind of cracked open 
this side of myself that I honestly didn't even know existed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think what you just said about walking on eggshells Mm -hmm. is something a lot of women feel, you know, especially in corporate culture, especially when you have this deep desire that you've been kind of either avoiding or just just kind of pretending it doesn't exist or just white knuckling your way through, you know, the everyday, um, you do feel like you're walking on eggshells to an extent with people around you because you don't know if what you say is going to cost you your job or cost you a promotion or, you know, just have somebody look down on you in some way or be condescended to. It's like something that women deal with regardless, like no matter what business you're in, we're (laughs) constantly dealing with needing to feel, you know, needing to make sure that we're not being condescended to and that we're talked to like human beings, you know? And so when it comes to, oh my gosh, trying to incorporate spirituality into your business and then also like tap into your creativity and all of that, which actually if I might be so bold as to say that the more we tap into our creative fire, the more we connect to our divine feminine and divine masculine, the more yes. money oh, we you're make. Into my soul right you know now. What I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Like, we just we make more money that way. We make better decisions. We live healthier lives. We are of better service in the world to ourselves, to our coworkers, to whoever's on our team in business, and definitely to the customers that we serve. You know, absolutely. So, I just, I love that there are spaces like these and more and more women and men for that matter, I see making room for and acknowledging the power and the necess- the, the necessity of embracing divine feminine and masculine energies. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I want to circle back to something you said about um, just women in the workplace and having to walk on eggshells and uh, make sure we're not being talked down to or you know, that we're not being condescending or um, that we're kind of fitting into. Like my whole platform is about stepping out of society's box of expectations because for so long I felt like that's what I was doing. I was being forced into a box and I was like, I just don't fit here. This just isn't me. And I I don't like this. Like I just, I don't, I want out, get me out. So I want to ask you as a multi-passionate female entrepreneur, um, because you are in well, the music industry, I guess we can't say, I think things are shifting a little bit, but it is a male-dominated industry, and I also worked in a male-dominated industry. So what do you think has been, I don't want to say like the key to your success, but how have you kind of navigated the waters in a way that feels authentic to you in a male-dominated industry? Whew, girl. <laughs> I know it's a loaded question. (laughs) So loaded. Well, what I'm feeling inspired to share is I was actually, when I first moved to LA, I was actually managed by a woman and we worked together for a few years. And she, that being said, she had a very masculine energy about her and she was so interesting. She was the first person in my life to ever like really tell me the things not just that I didn't want to hear, because I did have people in my life who would tell me things I didn't want to hear, but she would tell me in like 
just a no bullshit kind of a just matter of fact, super blunt, not giving a care in the world to how it would make me feel yeah. right. Like I would come off stage sometimes and she, and she would be like, yeah, you did. That wasn't a great show. You know? And I'd be <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? Right. So I was on season two of the voice. And oh, that is so cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, after the, after my, you know, stay on the show, as you can imagine, I was getting a lot of opportunities and trying my best to, you know, take advantage of every single one. And at the time I was, you know, on, on the road, I was, you know, making a living just gig to gig. I had just been on this huge stage making, you know, like singing for millions of people. And then I'm back into my everyday hustle of like playing on the streets, like, you know, just (laughs) was doing all of the things like, you know, showing up at like a a 180. (laughs) Yeah. Like a total 180 showing up at a show and like hoping that we break even with the money we make in ticket sales, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. Right. And, And meanwhile, while there's all of this opportunity that's happening as a result of the show, you know, I play Bonnaroo one day and then the next day I'm at a club, I'm on a bar date. You know what I mean? It was like this really interesting dichotomy and I had really no idea how to navigate it except to just kind of, again, white knuckle my way through it, you know? And so whilst living in this dichotomy of like big stages, small stages, making lots of money, then making no money the next day. And you know, all of that, I was, uh, gaining a lot of weight. I wasn't sleeping a lot. I wasn't getting enough rest. I wasn't eating very well. I was, you know, just living unhealthy overall, you know, trying to deal with all of this. And my manager came to me one day in a business meeting and we talked about all of the things, right? What we're, what our social media strategy is, you know, what music video we have to record next, all of that. And then she looks me dead in the face before I leave. And then she's like, Oh, and by the way, you need to lose some weight. And I was oh like, my gosh. <laughs> I was, I just kind of, I did what you just did. I just kind of like laughed nervously, right? Like, wow, this is uncomfortable. And I was like, (laughs) and I said, I think I said something like, oh yeah, sure. No problem. I can totally do that. Just lose some weight. No big deal. Right. But I went home that night and just bawled. I was so sad and hurt. And I was talking about it with my boyfriend who, to be honest, you know, it, it ended up being this major, you know, transition in our relationship. Cause we've been together 11 years now at that point, yeah. it had probably been maybe five or six years in. Right. But yeah. you know, he was feeling probably, you know, he was feeling similarly to my manager too, where like, this is not the woman that I fell in love with. And so we had to have that conversation and he and I are in a band together. And so we're trying to navigate the business of it. So not only am I feeling hurt as a you know, just as a woman and a girlfriend and all of that, I'm also feeling like I'm letting my band down for not being the best artist that I can be. Right. And my band is my family. My band is my boyfriend and my brother, like, whoa, you know? And yeah. so I, I I'm getting back to your question, right? Like this is all going to, no, this is good. This is, <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to come full circle. I promise. But I had to really do some deep soul searching and I had to kind of withdraw 
from the public eye a little bit mm-hmm. and check back in with my intuition and, and say, how can I take care of myself better? Because if I don't take care of myself, there's no way I'm going to be able to take care of other people and serve the world and change the way that I want to, to change the world the way that I want to have that positive effect in the way that mm-hmm. I want to in the world and on especially young women, right? Through my music, if I am not taking care of myself, I can I, you know, I realized that, yeah, the shows weren't as great anymore because I literally didn't have the energy to get through them. So it was affecting my voice. It was affecting my performance. So I started to pay attention to my exercise and my nutrition and my spirituality. And it led me not only on this journey of weight loss and losing 45 pounds and, you know, radically changing my life so that I could meet the opportunity with as much energy and enthusiasm as the opportunity deserved, but it allowed me to stay, to be in my body in a different way. Like as I was in the gym and I was strengthening my physical muscles, I was also developing an emotional strength, you know, a strength and confidence, resilience in a way where now when I stand, you know, with my two feet planted in the ground and I get ready to speak, I speak in a very different way in this body than Mm -hmm. the body that I used to be in. So talk about transformation. I think you just did a podcast about transformation, didn't you? I did. Talk about the difference between, yeah, like what change means and what transformation actually means and how it's literally ripping out all of the structures, all of, all of the foundations. Like if you were gutting a house, like that's the process of transformation. (laughs) Yeah. That is the process. That's what I did. And all of the things that you talked about, I cried, right? I cried a lot. I had a lot of things. I had a lot of fear that was confronted in myself. I had a lot of fear that I had to confront in my relationship. I had a lot of fear I had to confront in my business, like all of that, all of that. But it was a really about identifying what I have to do every single day to take care of my physical, emotional, and spiritual body and my body of work, and then really be fiercely devoted to doing those things before I do anything else. And that's how I've been able to navigate this industry and to navigate, you know, masculine energy that's out of alignment Right. Yes. Right. It's like, it's, it, it, and have some grace and bring some grace and bring some understanding without compromising who it is that yes. I am or my message. Oh. And women, especially, we can be so hard on ourselves because I know we're all like, we think we're superwoman and we can do it all and we don't need anybody. And we can just, I've really been humbled this year by just how there were certain phases in my life this year where I was like, I need some help. I need to talk with someone. I need to actually share what is going on with me. I need to start looking at things in a more holistic sense because there's that one quote I love. It says, you can't, what is it? It's something about um, setting yourself on fire to keep others warm. Mm. And I felt like I was doing that in my life and my business because we have a very similar story where I got to a point where I was working a 40 plus hour full-time job. I was building my 
side hustle, which is now what I do full-time as an author, podcaster, content creator, like multi-passionate, crazy entrepreneur. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But I was... um, yeah, just I was all over the place and I had gained so much weight and I wasn't taking care of myself and I felt so uncomfortable and so unfamiliar in my own body. And then when I started viewing everything as like, okay, Kristen, if you don't take care of yourself, nothing else matters. Like your business won't matter. Nothing that you're doing is going to matter because you're not going to be here to to actually do any of the things, to do any of the tasks, to create the content or like for you to like create your music and get out there on a stage and sing. Like if you're not in your best health, and I don't just mean physically, but I do mean like that emotional resilience, that men- that mentality, that mindset, um, and also your spirituality and really being in touch and in tune with yourself oh gosh, if you can't get that locked in and figured out, it's honestly like nothing else really matters. At least that's what I found. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think it's important to mention too, when we're having this conversation, to be gentle with yourself in the process. And the way that I do that is I, I think about life as this great experiment right? Whether I'm looking at my business, whether I'm looking at, you know, my nutrition plan, right? Whatever it is. But I think of it as this experiment. And I, the reason I do that is because when I put on like my scientist hat, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's the thing that I want to do. And then there's me. And just because I want to do this thing, it does, or whether I get it done or not, it doesn't mean anything about me. It just, there's now it just becomes a data point. Right. And so I've, I've been working with this concept, um, where right now I'm in a plateau, as they would say in my physical fitness. And so in order to bust through that plateau, I'm practicing something called uh, progressive overload where I'm doing the same workout for six weeks, but every week I'm steadily increasing my weight to get stronger and to bust through. Right. And so I've, you know, created this workout plan for myself. I have this nutrition plan for myself and I feel very committed and devoted to that. And so when I get into the gym, I have something that I say to myself though. I say my body, my soul. And so first I I do what's on the plan and I do that for my body because I'm wanting to reach a certain aesthetic. I have clients now that look to me for support. And so I'm wanting to, you know, set a good example. Like I'm walking the walk here. You know, all of that. So I have this this very scientific breakdown of what it is that I'm supposed to do in the gym for my body. But then at the end of each workout, I do something just for my soul right? So it's the difference between, so every day you can do this in every aspect of your life, right? There's the thing that you have to get, that you know, you have to get done that you plan out that needs to get done. And you do, you commit to doing that thing, whether you feel like it or not. But then in that same area of life, you can look at that and say, all right, now that I've gotten that done, what can I do simply because I feel like doing it. And then you get to, to bring this beautiful blend of 
you know, science and play of do and woo into everything you do, whether you're at work, whether you're in the gym, whether you're on stage, whether you're speaking, whether you're recording a podcast, it's like everything like, okay, these are the questions I know I have to ask, but these are the ones that I just want to ask because I feel like it. You know what I mean? You you can do that in every aspect of your life. So I just wanted to offer that as a concept because I think it's really served me a lot in just, you know, like accomplishment, overcoming procrastination, but doing it with a bit of grace and a bit of fun. Yes, that is such an important message because I feel like I've I've kind of done the same thing, I guess. And now that I just heard you talk about it, I'm like, oh, wow, I kind of do that too, where it's like my agenda or my schedule now is not, like it used to be so masculine oriented. When I say masculine, I'm not saying that being masculine oriented is a bad thing. It's certainly not. I think there's that you know, that delicate balance between the two, because I understand that my intuition and listening to my intuition is important in order to get the ideas and get into that flow. But if you don't do anything with the ideas that you get, it's like they just, they remain ideas and you don't actually take action to create whatever that, you know, that beautiful new thing is. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I've, I've kind of shifted my my agenda and my schedule every day so that it's just like what you said. It's like I do the physical thing or I do the masculine thing, like take the action, whatever that looks like. And then I do something for my soul. Like I do something just because I want to, because it feels good, because it's fun for me. So, you know, sometimes I'll record a podcast, which podcasting for me is actually really fun. So that's not a, that's not really a good example, but maybe I'm sitting down like answering emails or doing some admin work or doing something where it's like, this needs to get done because it's a part of running a business. But after that I go like dance or I put on my, um, my, we like the just dance and I'll dance to eighties music around the house or I'll blast some music and just run around and, you know, just act act like a child again. Cause sometimes that's fun. I'm like, just let your inner child out, play, have fun. I'll go into the backyard and throw a tennis ball around for my dog Denali. <laughs> I'll swing in the hammock without even reading a book. I'll just swing in the hammock and look up at the sky and watch the clouds go by. And some people might think that that is such a waste of time. And I'm like, those times right there are when I get my best ideas. Yes. And that is honestly how I keep myself from burning out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that is so important. Giving yourself the space for insight, giving yourself the space for the divine aha is like so important. And then also knowing that, you know, doing the things that keep your energy stoked because your energy is your currency, right? So if oh, you don't have, I love that. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> right. So if you don't have the end, like I said, I, I know what it's like to have the opportunity and not be able to meet it because you don't have the energy to do so. And it's so important to give yourself moments every single day and in every single aspect, even if writing emails are something you don't like to do, like Maybe you have one email that you write every day just for fun. Like who's somebody you haven't reached out to in a long time and add that to the end of your email so that, you know, the email work doesn't become like this thing. Like, uh, I have all of this follow-up to do. There's all of these people waiting for me, but it also becomes something that lights you up, 
you know. Oh, I love that. I'm definitely going to implement that. Yeah, because I found that I was answering, um, I guess, I don't want to call it fan mail. I always feel so weird saying things like fan mail, but just emails I get from people who are like, you know, saying like, oh, I love your work and your podcast and your content and all of that. Um, I tend to answer those first. So maybe I need to almost use those as a reward because I love answering those emails. Mm -hmm. It's all of the the follow-up or just, you know, it's more of like personal stuff like doctor's appointments and, you know, all the stuff that's just not really. Of course it's the personal stuff because we have such a hard time taking care of ourselves personally that we never want to do it. So (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's 110%. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I have um, one last question for you, and it's something I just like to close out um, any kind of anytime I'm chatting with someone on this podcast. And it's kind of like a cliche question, but I still I don't know. I like to ask it because it's it's fun for me. And I always like to hear hear people's answers. So. The question is, if you could send a message to your younger self, like something that you really needed to hear when you were younger and maybe just, you know, just starting out in your creative passions and pursuing, you know, music and everything, what would that message be? Or what would you say to yourself? Oh my God, I love this question. And I have to say, I've been doing a lot of work with really getting to know and becoming really intimate with my past, present and future selves, because I truly believe that I have the ability to co-create my future and my dreams with the wisdom of my future self. And the reason that I know that to be true is because when I was younger I had this relationship with the woman I am now. I had this relationship where I would at first, you know, (laughs) getting back to the gym for a second. I remember (laughs) when I was um, maybe 13, I was going through this really difficult time. I was crying a lot because I would close my eyes and I would see myself looking a very particular way and Mm -hmm. just vibing with a very particular energy. And then I would open my eyes and look in the mirror or look at a picture or something and not see that person. And it like totally messed me up. I had no idea what to do with it. And I had this really deep identity crisis. And, but I just kept this vision of myself in my mind. I mean, literally for years, almost decades, like almost two decades, because I remember a few months ago, I'm working out and I'm looking in the mirror and I literally took my own breath away. Because I was like, oh, I just got chills when you said that. Yeah, because I looked in the mirror and guess what? There she was. Uh There she freaking was. (laughs) And so what I would say to that younger version of myself, whether she was 13 and crying so much because she didn't know who she was or how to express herself, whether she was 22 and overweight and so tired, but so wanting to be a star and inspire people, you know, whoever, whatever that version of myself was, I would say to her, thank you. Thank you so much for 
being who it is that you are, for having the struggle that you have, for being in the state that you're in, being in physical pain, emotional pain, tired, unhealthy even, overweight even, and still making the choices that you made to allow me to become the woman that I am. I would not be who I am if it wasn't for you. Thank you. Oh, I love that so much. My like my uh, my throat or my heart is in my throat right now <sighs> just listening to you say that because I had I had such a similar experience. Um I wrote about it in my newest book Soul Flow where it was just one morning I was doing pulling some tarot cards and I was doing a reading and I I happened to go into the bathroom and I was putting my contact lenses in and I just noticed it was like a flash. It was like a shimmer and it was hardly even it was hardly there but for a minute I just saw I feel like I saw my higher self. And then when I looked at myself again in the mirror, I had that same kind of transformational moment. You almost kind of like ascend the physical realm briefly and then come back into yourself. It was the most just awe-inspiring experience that I have ever had in my in my whole life. So I've had I've had a similar <laughs> a similar experience so it's good to know it's good to know that I'm not the only one. Yeah, and for anybody out there who's look, you know, who's listening to this and being like, "Oh my gosh, that sounds so beautiful. I have no idea how to have that, how to go about that, if that will ever happen for me." All I ha- all I can say is like look for the divine and she will find you. You know, and keep like Develop this really intimate relationship with you, with the different parts of you. And and one of the reasons why that's so important is not just because of the means goals, right? It's not just because of, oh, I know one day I can make a bunch of money or I can launch my own business and quit my job or I can be a star selling out thousands of stages all over the world or whatever it is, right? Or lose a bunch of weight, whatever the means goals are, right? It's because we would do anything for the people that we love. And when you remind yourself of how much you really love yourself, when you can say, oh my gosh, what I'm doing in this moment is a gift to future me. It's a lot easier to say no to that extra piece of cake. Or it's a lot easier to stand up to your boss when he's being an asshole. Or it's a lot easier to say the thing you have to say to your man that you haven't been saying because you feel you're all caught up in your head and the who you are now. But if you're developing that relationship with who you want to be, and like, like I said, co-creating your life mm-hmm. with the wisdom of who she is, I promise you what she's going to tell you is like, honey, you can do this. You've got this. Oh, absolutely. You know, and thank you for whatever the decision is, right? The no to this or yes to that, whatever it is, let it be a yes to her. Yes. And it all circles back to self-love, self-worth, and just knowing that you are inherently worthy and that we all have that divine feminine. We also have the divine masculine, if you will. We have both of these sides. And just like you said, forming and developing that intimate relationship will serve you so, so much throughout your life. And uh, I just know that when 
things are hard and you can't always see the next step on the staircase, you know, maybe it's like a winding staircase. That's what I was talking about in the past podcast episode, but you just have to continue to take that step forward. And the more you develop that relationship with your higher self, the more confident you're going to be to take that step, even though you can't see exactly what it is yet. I feel like my soul has been recharged and just, I have loved this conversation with you and getting to know you and just chatting about all of this. This has been wonderful. Oh, me too, Kristen. It's been really a beautiful experience and I'm so happy to have shared this time with you. Oh, thank you so much. And can you tell everyone, um, where, like where we can find you on social media and online and where I know we can stream on Spotify and probably every other music player, your music, because you guys, by the way, you have to go listen to Say Real's albums. I am obsessed. It's been on repeat. It's been <laughs> on a loop. So make sure I will leave all of the links in the show notes um, for everyone. But Naya, if you just want to tell us where we can find you, that would be great. Yeah. So definitely my social media playground of choice is Instagram. You can find yeah, me, me at <laughs> Naya Kete. So that's N-A-I-A-K-E-T-E. And you can find my band, Say Real, at Say Real Music. I run both accounts. Sometimes my boyfriend runs Say Real, but that's you know, sometimes, um, but mainly it's me and, um, yeah, come check, check out the music. And there's a lot of, you know, links in my, um, highlights for, you know, different things. I have, uh, links to my music. I have links to my podcast. I have links to my coaching. If that's something that you're interested in as well, you know, everything that you need can be found on either one of those profiles. Perfect. And like I said, I will make sure to leave all of that information in the show notes for everyone. So make sure you go connect with Naya, you know, away or off of this podcast. Make sure you'll connect with her on social media. So Naya, thank you again so much for being here, for sharing all of your wisdom and your insights. And I know that we will chat again real soon. I can't wait. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please subscribe to make sure you don't miss anything. For more beyond this podcast, including information on my YouTube channel and webinars, visit me at thatsmarthustle.com. And for daily inspiration and writing advice, come hang out with me on Instagram at author Kristen Martin. I'll talk with you all again very soon. Cheers. Cheers.